Welcome to today's episode of CLCI Live, brought to you by the award-winning and ICF-accredited school, Certified Life Coach Institute. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. Welcome to another CLCI Live at five o'clock. Today, we're going to be speaking about a topical conversation. I guess it's relevant um, for the time. I'm sure most of you guys are kind of feeling that transition back into normalcy. Um, what we are going to be discussing today is how we plan on dealing with it, if we're ready to deal with it, um, if we're excited to deal with it. So with that being said, let's start with that question. How do you guys, actually, let's start. Are you guys excited to get back to quote unquote normalcy? And to kind of throw in another question there, what is what is normalcy? Is that even something that can be defined? Is there such thing as normalcy? I mean, I think we've, we've gone down that road before. The, the normal is relative. <laughs> I, I think we are definitely creatures of habit. So while we've had definitely a hiccup over this last year, when I look at any atrocities that have happened, I mean, if we look at even 9-11, right? That was a huge atrocity. We're still honoring that, yet life went on. Life picked up where it left off after the initial shock wore off, after things happened. So I think whatever everyone's norm was before, I think we're gonna move towards that once the shock wears off. Just to to get, you know, deep fast, because this is something that I think about all the time. Um, And I find, I actually find some morbid comfort in it. But do you guys find that, that comforting or kind of terrifying that, that no matter how crazy anything that may be that goes on, eventually life returns to normal. Like it may feel like the world is ending, but as long as it doesn't end, it's going to turn back. At some point, we go back to what is perceived as normal. Is that is that a comforting thing or is that a, a something that unnerves you? <laughs> I think for me, it's comforting because I know that we're going to get through it. We've gotten through many horrific things. And while this year was definitely trying, it wasn't a 9-11. And we had many people who passed on through the process. So then that becomes a, a horrible thing. We had many people go to hospital. Um, some people very close to me went to hospital because of it, and yet they've picked up their life in whatever their normalcy was. Um, I don't know. I think the cool thing is we definitely have learned some things. Remote, we can all operate remotely. I think that's been a fun, <laughs> ironically, a fun side of this. Um, so, Yeah. People are going to be very sad when they're going to have to go back into the office. But I hope, hopefully, most companies now realize that it's probably cheaper and better for everyone to just have people working from home. Yep. And that hour-long meeting could have just been an email. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> I think that that's true whether you're in person um, or online. <laughs> um, I think we all suffer from that on occasion. <laughs> um, uh, so, but, but basically today we're talking essentially about, about that reintegration thing that uh, now my, my question, do you guys have any nerves or does anything make you nervous or does anything scare you about the prospect of, of 
returning to normal, of wearing not wearing a mask, of uh, shaking hands, giving hugs, of having groups of larger than ten people gather together. Um, more of a shaking hands and hugging people kind of guy, anyway. So that doesn't really matter to me. Um, I think I guess I'm worried about just having it to go back again because if there's another, I don't know outbreak of a different strain of COVID and the vaccinations that we currently have don't protect against it, then, you know, it's back well, to being quarantined. Does that make us, I mean, that's, that could be true of many things though, right? Because, because the re, regardless, uh, illness exists, right? We get the flu, we get the, ca- I mean, for the most part, it won't, well, flu, <laughs> um, uh, but so does this make us now like hyper aware and hyper paranoid like um, about I've never been that way. Like I'm a roll in the dirt, lick faces. Um, just the, the, the more you can sort of bang yourself around and, and, and the stronger you will be. What does not kill me makes me stronger is kind of my philosophy. So what? That in short, a gross person. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yes. Uh huh. No, not exactly. <laughs> I, you know, have a little trepidation in the process of the and thinking, just in the thinking, because um, in Colorado, we've had some more freedoms than you guys back in Cali haven't um, longer, but to have everything open up. I mean, I've enjoyed going to a restaurant where there's been plenty of room. If I had to fly somewhere, I enjoyed not having to sit next, to, right next to someone. Mm-hmm. Um, so those things are part of what was normal. That part, I don't think I'm really looking forward to. Um, as Anthony mentioned, I'm a hugger for sure. That really hasn't stopped. Although I've asked more often for permission to give a hug than in my history and probably that will continue i think i'm very much excited to get back to normalcy my idea of what normal is which when i speak about normalcy i speak about being in public around other people that is normal to me when i step outside i'd like to be around other people i don't even have to necessarily speak to anyone uh today I went out and worked at a small coffee shop and I had a bit of like sensory overload where I was just, I couldn't focus on work for a second because I was just so excited that I was doing what I hadn't done in well over a year. And it was just the freedom to go ahead and do so, I think was just, um, that's what I look forward to, the freedom to get out and do it. Should you want to do it, um, that ability is something that's just great and exciting and um, so, it does give me a bit of anxiety, for sure. It does, trying to react and acclimate to that, that environment. Is there something that when you're talking about, I see your eyes light up and your face gets very expressive. When you think about going back out, is there something that can travel with you in that emotional experience that feeds you when it becomes old hat again? Can you rephrase that? Mm-hmm. Uh, you're happy coaching right now (laughs) no i'm asking a question (laughs) (laughs) when when you're you know right now you feel it sounds like 
there's some joy. There's like some excitement. Absolutely. Yes. Right. When this becomes old hat, when it becomes like a normal routine for you, mm. is there something that in this beginning phase that you can travel into that phase where it's a normal thing? I mean, I don't know. Is that important? Um, instilling the excitement that I'm feeling right now yeah. into future tense scenarios where it becomes something that is regular, right? Sure. Um, I don't know if there will be a, well, I'd like to think that there's not going to be a future tense scenario where something is regular to me. I, I think the most exciting part, part about getting back out there is the randomness of it all. Um, mm -hmm. it became really cookie cutter over the course of, uh, just, you know, staying indoors yeah. throughout quarantine. It, uh, I don't know, there's, there's a meme floating out there for anyone who's like a Spongebob fan where it's like uh, Squidward, there's an episode where he does the same thing over and over and over again. Oh, he yeah. wanted to do it in the beginning, kind of like how I want, I was enjoying quarantine in the beginning because it really, it puts you, you know, puts you in check, gives you time to do the things that you need to get done. But then once you get in that process and you don't really have the uh, freedom to allow randomness into your life, then it becomes just uh, kind of dry and dull to me. So um, to answer your question, uh, I don't know that I need to really carry over this excitement. It's always, it's, I, I'm just, I like to be out and I like to be around other people, which invites randomness and that's the exciting part to me. Fantastic. I want to say a realization I had during uh, uh, quarantine and lockdown. I think a lot of people did have as well where it's, you tell, you told yourself at the beginning, like, okay, I'm going to like set all these goals. I have like more time to do these things. I'm going to try to make the most of it. It turns out it's not that I was lacking time to do these things. I just am bad at setting goals and following through. <laughs> so, and I think a lot of people realize that and just, they felt like they <laughs> wasted um, an opportunity but you can go forward and now the problem is very aware. You have goal setting issues and you have problems following through with your goals. How can I fix oh. I wouldn't necessarily say it's that you have goal setting issues. It's probably that you're not at very invested in the goal or which I guess would be goal setting issue. Um, uh, I mean, or, you know, you weren't, it's sort of like we did our first month here in January. Um, well, variety of reasons probably that you know i guess they it does boil down to goal setting issues aren't satisfied with the results of their uh quarantine uh resolutions um but it, it made it more apparent that it wasn't an external factor it was more of a internal factor um which you know needs to be addressed now that i've done with the whole um lockdown process and people are going out more so when, listen to coaching. what is it that makes the difference between um, going out? Why does it need to be addressed now versus when, now that you're going out? Um, like what, what, where, where? Oh, it, it, it's more so I can't go into the past and t tell myself at the beginning of quarantine, it's not time, <laughs> it's you. I know that now, and it just so happens that, you know, stuff's opening up. So now going forward, hopefully people realize that the problem is in here. It's not out there. Mm -hmm. And if you accomplish something during, uh, you know, lockdown, you know, congratulations. You're better than me. With 
what you just mentioned, um, becoming aware of certain things, is there anything that we can really speak on as far as what quarantine or yeah, trying to stay away from COVID and more so the process that we were all left with, which was quarantine. Is there anything that that taught us um, that we can utilize now, even post quarantine, maybe not even necessarily about ourselves, but um, just in general? Um, I think I will maintain the habit of washing my hands every time I come home. <laughs> it's something I, I, I like doing. Um, uh, so that is uh, a habit I will carry with me. I think though also the, um, I like Zoom um, rather more than phone calls now. And so it's a preference that maybe before I would have been more on the phone, but I, I my preference is now leans towards let's have a Zoom call so we can see one another face to face. But my business has always been online. So that wasn't a big change for me. I've always been a remote worker. So, um, but that part I will definitely probably bring with me. I'm, I'm excited to uh, see people's smiles again. <laughs> Honestly, um, that's something I miss like seeing at the store, like, like you know, that just, just seeing expressions, yeah. yeah. Um, I know I'm, 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 I'm well past the point of, um, everybody looking like a doctor or a thief is, uh, is sexy. <laughs> I have to learn how to get around that because there's, there's where I was outside out and about someone walks by. There was one that really rings true to me that I remember recently actually happened where I have my mask on and there was this little boy running by and he had this cape on and because I have my mask on, you couldn't tell I, I could, I'm smiling at him. So what I realized in that moment is like, I, I got to do something to let one him know. One of my favorite things to do to kids at the store when their parents aren't looking is to make ridiculous faces at them. <laughs> like that is one of my favorite. You can't do that with a mask. <laughs> what I learned to do is to wink, but I don't know. It's not the same as giving I can't wink. I can't wink. I just make ridiculous yeah. faces. Like it just... <laughs> I, I was not born with the muscles for winking. <laughs> nope, I can't do. I'm not good with that kind of silent flirting thing. It just doesn't work. <laughs> at all. So is like full forward into going out into the public. Are there things that you're going to be aware of as you go out? As you're well, investing your time out there. I'm someone who's always been afraid of, well, not always, just, just more in the last five years, been kind of afraid of human beings. And so I've always, but, I, but I'm also an extrovert. I guess I like to be out and among people. And I, I actually, Lisa would say my light turns on when I'm around people um, because I like, I do. I just have this like this, this tear inside me where I like it, but I'm scared of it, but I like it, but I'm scared of it. But once I'm in it, I'm good. So I tend to, to gravitate towards like finding jobs that get me in groups of people for one reason or another that's why I host trivia um but then at the same time I still don't socialize so my intention like last night I was cruising meetups um seeing just what's going on in the world <laughs> um and seeing if anybody's actually getting in person and doing things and I I I intend my goal is to actually just make put myself out there and you know if I get uncomfortable I get uncomfortable what's the worst that's going to happen um which then my brain goes, this is the, all the things that, do you see that pause right there was all the run of all the worst things that could happen. <laughs> but I'm just going to push but, past but it. Here's the but. The but is you can always leave, right? So you're getting out there, you're doing things. And if it all 
is too much or as Jerome was saying earlier once I'm in it it's fine like once I'm in it I'm I'm good like I am fantastic it's a matter of getting me in it like <laughs> that's half the battle so um but I know there's certain weight areas I can start like there's small things I can do that where I know I can start and I know I will follow through so you are more small slower steps I must maybe steps kind of or I could go either way I do throw myself into the deep end quite often so that could be fun. <laughs> I'll, I'll do it organically. I mean, honestly, it's whatever happens organically. Will you be wearing a mask? Not wearing a mask? How will you? Well, I that for me, for me, wearing wearing a mask is always oh hey, I'm a, has always been more about the comfort of others than the comfort of myself. Um, so it will be remain the same where if I'm in an environment where um, I am visibly making somebody uncomfortable because I'm not wearing a mask, I will happily put a mask on. Um, if I'm in an environment where everybody is comfortable not wearing one, I'm game to not wear one. So it's uh, for me, it's more about wanting to create an environment where others can feel comfortable as well. So yeah, I'm not, I'm a lick faces kind of person. So that's... <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, my sort of preferences for that sort of changed throughout how this has been going. And now that pretty much everybody is getting vaccinated, I'm more of a mask off person unless I'm required to, because again, this is my personal opinion. So um, if you go outside, you now know the risks of going outside. Before it was everybody's obligated to just stop the spread of COVID. But now you're not obligated to stay inside or go outside. So if you go outside, you do so at your own risk and you can choose to wear a mask or not. Well, right? and if you're vaccinated, I mean, the, the theory, I mean, you're, there shouldn't be much risk because, you know, I just I live alone. So I don't have to worry about family, um, mm -hmm. which, you know, months prior, I did have to worry about that. So I would wear my mask, but um which kind of leads us into maybe like coaching as yeah, well. Yeah, that's what I just wanted to bring this. So let's talk about coaching because now as coaches, we can start to think about in-person coaching and start to think about if you want to do that. And then also even how marketing to people, groups of people and being able to get out amongst them. So let me just throw in there before we even go to the in-person concept, the trend even before COVID was to do virtual. It, it was exponentially growing oh absolutely and i think that that i mean uh there's i don't think virtual should go but i know that that there are coaches out there there are people out there that one of the things that really couldn't do was market yourself uh very much as a coach um local uh i mean you could absolutely but but um, i think everybody was thinking very much in this digital realm but i think that as far as marketing goes you can start to get back to an approach that is an in-person kind of approach. Um, and there's more opportunity too, as well. Mm -hmm. yeah. My question is, um, Lisa, this would, I guess, go for you. Do you think coaching sessions are just generally better quality when you're in-person with someone versus through Zoom? Because I'm, I'm pulling from, this is my, in my hobby, I play Dungeons and Dragons and playing online sucks the the vibe is not there the energy is not there people are more distracted and it's harder to keep the focus but in person you know it's easier to move it along and accomplish whatever goals that you have set out so i'm wondering 
if that's the same for coaching as well? I, I think what happens is um, just like anywhere, boundaries need to be set. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to be coaching in person, there's still boundaries that need to be set. Just like when you're on a virtual call, boundaries are need to be set. The first time I did a virtual call on Zoom was uh, for a couple who were moving to another state. Um, And so this was even before, I mean, this was years ago. Uh, We had been seeing each other in person for quite a while as a couples coach. And then we switched over And I never (coughs) reestablished, excuse me, the boundaries with them on what that meant for them to be at home and on a Zoom call during our our coaching session. And the wife got up and went and did some dishes, fed the dog. You know, I was talking with um, her partner and the partner and I were having a deep conversation about something. And then you know how you just get in your head, oh, well, they're having a deep conversation. I'm going to go do this while they're doing that. And that needed to be established that this is a boundary space, just like we're in in the office. We stay together and we work through the situation together. We don't address anything else in the house. You know, we still need to have somebody watching the children. We still need to have the dogs. All distractions need to be um, monitored as best as possible. I think too, while the, the um, being at home thing can give itself some distractions, it can also provide some benefit as well because you, your client is in a space where they already feel safe and comfortable in their own home, in their own space. I think that that's why teletherapy and um, telemedicine is probably not going to go anywhere um, either. And that's that because you are already more inclined to open up if you're in a space that is safe and open but you again the client has to make sure their space is a safe space that is safe and open and and private and that's something that you would probably want to discuss with your client prior to having your your session or at in the first session at a minimum uh, i would imagine and i found that once we got the wiggle room figured out on how to set all that up the coaching online was just as good a little different obviously um as it was in in person so i personally enjoy the in person because i get more energy but i was able to recreate that just like um we took a class recently and one of the uh, assignments was to do the coaching session with a blindfold on i forgot to turn my phone off sorry um Uh, to do a a coaching session with the blindfold and the intention was what do you pick what can you pick up more when that particular sense is cut off so as our senses have to be adjusted to what is presented we can be equally talented (laughs) with our coaching process whether it's virtual or in person I, I mean, agree uh, completely. I mean, as we've discussed too, a, bulk, a lot of the work of coaching doesn't happen um, in the coaching office. It happens on, for the client on their own, in their own space, in their own processing moments. Um, 
more, I mean, what, what do you imagine? Do you think that there are, is um, trepidation for some, some new coaches or folks out there um, that are coaching with regard to, to getting back to in-person? What kind of fears do you think that they may be having? It's not, it's some, for some, it's not even getting back into person. We've had coaches who were certified, you know, at the start of quarantine and they've never maybe have coached people in person. Mm-hmm. It's only been virtual for them and they're completely, um, they might feel unaware how coaching in person might be different because um, that's all they know. Well, and would, what would, for, so I'm just throwing this out there. I um, have answers myself, but um, what, what would you say would be the first steps for a coach who's been doing virtual that would like to integrate some in-person coaching? I'd say first and foremost, you've got to make sure that you're comfortable reintegrating into society personally, yourself, before you start engaging in relationships outside of your personal space, um, just to ensure that you are comfortable in your own skin uh, going out again, and that that doesn't carry over into the relationship, which, I mean, obviously, when it comes to coaching, you want to be as whole as possible for that to be as effective as possible. You shake your head. Oh, no, 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 no. I asked her if we had any uh, viewer questions. Oh, wait. Actually, we, oh, well, I guess I would, Nicole Owlett said, says, oh, wait, sorry, sorry, I've got two things going. It's so too much noise. Ah, sorry, guys. So Nicole Owlett said that um, she's been watching it. She's watching from Florida where she, they've been going out all along. So um, not a big change for them to be into reintegrating in Florida. Um, <laughs> Same in Colorado here is we've been going out. We've been wearing masks, however, but we have been going out and there have been restrictions mm-hmm. it's not full force not like our liberal california state <laughs> well I've, I've seen people just going out without masks throughout the whole you know time so i don't know if california is really any better or worse but uh, oh sue bulls also is here i've got comments in two different places uh by the way she says um we only have online coaching i have two local clients and uh but if others are feeling safer, okay, so she says that um, she's uh, fully vaccinated and so she's having to adjust to not wearing a mask again. But if others feel safer with me with the mask, she'll set aside her preferences and the benefit of others. So that's would be a question. Would you would you wear a mask in a session? I, I think that's probably the smartest decision for being a coach. You you flex to your client's comfort level and you approach them at and you speak their language. And if wearing a mask is something that you know, make some comfortable, make some safe around you. I would say I would do it even if I didn't really believe myself that it was effective or not, which I, I do. But, you know, as far as meeting someone on their level, you know, I would wear the mask. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would, you can even put on in your appointment, mask or no mask, you know, so you can keep it simple and ambiguous as far as it not being a big deal. But your client is, is, has, has to not be the first person you see out there because your comfort is equally as important if you're going to get into an in-person experience. So you've got to start getting out there and get in person with things if you haven't. 
Um, Sue Lord Haverick says, normal sounds all good. However, if you're not vaccinated, some corp corporations are forcing vac vaccinations or forcing you out. Yeah, so that's a big controversy. That is, well, it's, uh, uh, I'm working in the film industry and I, I, I have verbatim said, if I'm producing a film, I don't want anybody working on the film that is not vaccinated um, simply because I don't want to be typhoid Mary. <laughs> um, uh, like I don't, I just don't want to spread it. I, I think it's a responsible thing and it has nothing to do with, with the um, personal preferences of others. It has nothing to do with um, uh, whether or not I think it's right, morally right or wrong. It has strictly to do with the safety. It's a matter of, of, of safety for, for people I am responsible for. And so if I'm responsible for their well-being and safety, I, I would prefer they be vaccinated um, as a producer. And I, I'm certain that insurance companies probably are requiring it as well, which um, uh, is something that you have to address too. There's there's always a lot of levels here. Now the forcing them out thing, I'm not for that. I've, we've proven we can work remotely, right? So why not? Uh, find a way to facilitate that um, in some regard, but maybe those those corporations need some business coaches. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of the sad thing is those uh, mandatory direction is it's a mixed bag. Well, that's what I was. I was talking to my neighbor, and she works for a school, and it's a it's a medical school. Um, and she she uh, would prefer to work remotely, and she's actually more productive here. And her commute is like an hour and a half. It's crazy. And um, so I was like, well, 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 then they should let you work from home. Why not? What's the what's the what's the problem? And she'll well, other people have taken advantage. I'm like, well, that doesn't seem right or fair to me. That that I understand blanket policy, but at the same time. If you've proven you can do not only well but better working remotely, then remain. Uh, I think it's a bad business move to to not take advantage of that um, myself. But I, I I agree. I think um, those that uh, thrive working working remotely, I think, is a great thing to keep. Those that thrive off our interpersonal connections in the like you know bouncing off of one another in the workplace great to have someone go through failure at working at home and have someone who has successfully worked at home the person that's being challenged is the person who did it well not the person who failed right so they're getting rewarded for failing and the person who succeeded is getting penalized yeah so that's um, something that definitely in the workforce is going to have its uh, business coaches for all workforce companies. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> business coaches for everybody, um, which is, I mean, it's kind of something I've been sort of saying from the start of this as well. The other flip side of the coin, though, to consider is that the fact that we're talking about working al alone is what what a difference right because a year ago we were talking about unemployment and not being able to work and not being able to go to work and jobs being cut and and now we're talking about 
wait, things are opening up and we get to work again. Um, so, you know, there's always the, you can always look at the other side of the coin as well. And that is the fact that that work is happening and more work is going to happen and it's going to continue. The economy is going to be stimulated and things are going to improve with that regard. And that's a, that is a good thing, uh, period. I think that the, the, the economy and small business has suffered quite a bit through this. And it, that to me breaks my heart because that's the small business is my people's. <laughs> so, I mean, business in general has suffered and we look forward to um, the economy being so let's let's talk about that. So I'm going back to work. I have to go back to work. Oh my God, I gotta be around people. Uh, Kyle, who, yeah. he's he's in the office two two times this week in his other job. Um, what? How do we deal with? How do we have clients that are doing this? You know, they're like, oh, I gotta get back to work. How do? What can they do to help manage the um, anxiety that comes with reintegration? Because it is a thing. I think that you have to accept whichever emotion you're are experiencing uh, as they are, because I, I think what we kind of forget through this process, it's been a long one. Um, I'm not the same person I was a year ago. I'm going to have different emotions about different things when I'm in an environment that I have not been used to um, being in for over a year now. So I think accepting the emotions um, that come with being in even scenarios that you thought you were used to, I think they're different. Um, just because you have a different perspective on those um, situations now, because we change over over time, and a year is a long time. Um, I'm, I'm assuming most of us have changed uh, in many different areas over the course of the last year. So I think accepting uh, your emotions it's a big one, um, because without that, I don't know that you can really progress into a direction that um, really assists you in that space of potential anxiety. Is kind of what I'm getting here potential trepidation, kind of like what we're speaking about, getting back to what we were doing or what you thought was normal. But again, it's a bit different because you have a different perspective and mindset on certain things. I know. Oh, go ahead, Lisa. Get a support system, right? Yeah. Get a coach. Getting, getting someone who is not going to um, chastise you for what you're feeling, have the ability to be able to bounce stuff off of someone that's um, gonna hold your heart carefully. I know too, for me being somebody who is, um, uh, socially awkward, it's a result of uh, several things. <laughs> um, I just have always been kind of, um, a, a solo artist. I have been somebody who, um, is very much in her head and who I also have ADHD and that's actually part of ADHD is feeling like you don't fit in and, and, um, you don't make sense. And, um, so I always feel awkward in my interactions. And I know there was a period where I went way too long without being in front of another human being. And I felt like every time I was talking to somebody or anything I was babbling because when I when I get nervous I talk more I'm like blah, 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 blah. like if I'm quiet it means that I'm comfortable if I am talking your ear off it's probably because I'm pretty uncomfortable so um I I always think okay I look like a giant spaz like and I that of course is going through my head and um you know and and I would get this just you, you know you do that self-analysis thing where you 
um, wonder, okay, am I, am I really just this socially awkward and weird and um, crazy? And, and do, how do I appear when I come out to people? But I just sort of, um, I have had to, in many ways, even though it's not 100% possible, let go of that. Um, or just assume, this is something I always tell myself, and I don't know if it'll help anybody else, that everybody else is selfish. Like everybody is for the most part thinking about themselves in the same situation. And they are thinking about how awkward they are or how, what they have to do next or where they have to go or, but what they're not thinking about most of the time is how weird you are. So like, you don't have to worry about that too much. It might happen on occasion, but if it does, it does. Um, but that, that to me brings some relief. Cause I'm like, there were so many times where I, I had thought that, you know, I had left this impression and then come to find out they don't even remember. They they weren't paying attention. They weren't. And it very quickly taught me that, that I am not so uh, uh, capable of making impressions as might, I might think I am, which is actually kind of a comfort. So, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you mentioned that to me, I forget, a little while back, um, the people are selfish and they're only thinking about themselves. And I really thought about that. And I'm like, wow, you, you're right. And that, honestly, that, that has helped, um, I wouldn't consider myself someone that has extreme anxiety. I always feel like I'm kind of calm and collective in most environments. But uh, if I do find myself in a scenario where I'm getting a little anxious um, due to someone else's uh, supposed impression on me, um, that's what I think of. I think of, uh, who cares? They're just thinking about- It me. helps, right? It yeah, helps. It totally helps me. Much more than they're thinking about me right now. The problem is I, like, I have to get that far because the other half of me will just flee. Like I just run. Like I'm just like, forget it. I'm out. It's not worth it. I'm going home. Like <laughs> I, um, it's it's just because uh, that for me is another safety net. Like um, and it's it has nothing to do with COVID. It has nothing to do with any of this. It has entirely to do with just me being a socially awkward weirdo. <laughs> So, <laughs> do you think through COVID that that um, thinking of yourself as socially awkward weirdo? Do you think that's stayed the same, gotten bigger, smaller? What 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 proportion is it? It depends on what period of time in COVID, because <laughs> like there was when I was like seriously isolated for, I mean, I, there was a period, it was probably close to 90 days where I only interacted with people when I went to the store and that, um, I started to feel crazy. Like I started to wonder if I was losing my mind at different points. The only thing that kept me sane was this, was Zoom, was you guys. It was like being able to go to class was like, the, that was literally what kept me sane during those periods because otherwise I think I would have gone bonkers. I really do. Um, and it, there were plenty of times in those moments where I was like, you are batty. You, you've turned into that crazy recluse woman that uh, cannot interact with nor people normally. What is wrong with you? But then I quickly found out, okay, that's not entirely true. Like, like, I mean, it's, it's, uh, we are mal like we can have moments of, ah, but then we can quickly return. Luckily we we're capable of rebounding and uh, resilience. So <laughs> the opportunity to learn more about ourselves. Did you feel like you learned more about yourself during those 90 days? And then as you I learned, I mean, I will say I've learned a lot of what I'm capable of, like the, the, the very fact that I, that I can survive completely solo and like that I have, I'm built to do that. Like that I am built to be uh, without much issue. Others had a lot more issue than I did. Um, and uh, 
that I can, that I can survive without any human. Like I know people that complained about being so isolated, but they had families with them and they had, and I'm like, you have no clue. <laughs> um, I, my family is, is, you know, hours away. I'm not seeing them like this. I have not literally not interacted with another human being. And, and so it was kind of impressive that I was capable of, of maintaining sanity and um, uh, not, you know, jumping off a bridge or something <laughs> like I just just kept going and I actually I channeled it in many ways into creativity um and and drive and it just kept me focused on because uh, I don't have a tv either which I don't know if that was better or worse like I don't know if that helped or hurt like <laughs> it might have helped because I think there's a lot of paranoia kicked up from watching television so um <laughs> no no television movies yes but not television <laughs> too chaotic out there. So if, if we're coaching someone who um, has been that person who stayed home and hasn't been that person who's gone out, um, maybe I'm nervous. How would you coach me? What would that first question be? Well, so wait, we're coaching you? Because I was just going to say, we could coach me. I have a thing. But <laughs> yeah, throw out some coaching questions. That you could ask somebody. I mean, well, I guess they would have to, we would have to first, they would have to address it first with us, right? Like they would have to go, well, I'm having um, anxiety, uh, going reintegrating. Go reintegrate. I like working from home and I have to go back to work. So this is a pretend scenario because mm -hmm. Here. I will give you a real one. Like I have, I have anxiety around making friends, period. Like I just do. And I've got to track, tackle it. Like I have to get past it. I really do. And I know I do. I just no clue what, I guess I just rip off the band-aid. Like, I mean, honestly, um, but I just, I, I'm so torn there. <laughs> rip off the band-aid. I mean, just, just dive in and, and just be overly social and try to, you know, meet everybody and, and just get everybody's phone number and then try to keep in touch with them as best I can. Like that's half the battle is, is maintaining, right? When you're like, that's the thing when you, for me, at least I've gotten, as I've gotten older, I have realized I'm a single woman. I making friends is harder for me because I have, um, I have, if men are married, I can't, I, you've got to respect that. You've got to respect that bounds. There's got to be a whole thing there. So that's kind of off limits. And then women who are married, they often are very keyed in with other women that are married and also women with kids. So I don't really make sense there. So, um, and it just like, it creates, I'm in this weird space of like, okay, well, how do I, who is my friend? <laughs> and, um, and that's, it's honestly, it's a, it's a weird, um, harder to make friends as you get older. It definitely is. And maintain them because um, most people already have lives and things to do and people to do them with. And I'm the awkward third wheel, like no matter what. <laughs> so asking that person or you, um, what does having friends get you? What is it about having friends that you find valuable um connection somebody to talk to things i can do i enjoy activities that require other human beings um uh and kinship um as people to share you know my my life with i guess and just just uh do things with honestly um i guess it's nice to know that there are people that you know you can call to go just hang out with 
<laughs> um, and when you don't want to be, and it's nice to have somebody know who knows you. I guess that's like the the big difference there. Like, there's one thing when it's a stranger because I can go, of course, anywhere just sit down and have a conversation with a stranger. But it's different when you're amongst people who know who you are or who know and understand you and just sort of relate with you and have similar humor and you guys like similar things. So you enjoy doing them together. Like that's, <laughs> there's just, there's something that kinship that comes with that, that it's community. And it's actually, it's very healthy. Like it's, there's health benefits to it and there's uh, mental health benefits and physical health benefits to socializing. So that's, that's, that's why I think, and just off topic, this not coaching, why many uh, friendships are built through work because there's a lot of commonality. There's a lot of interaction that's going on there. And then you get to know each other privately and there's that community. I guess, well, yeah, I guess too, I feel like I'm lacking in something because, you know, like I feel like everybody's got a close knit group group of friends everybody's got a close knit family and then they're me i'm i'm sort of have none of those things <laughs> so like it's just me now mind you my close knit group of friends and my family is clci you guys absolutely are but um uh, i guess it's a difference it, hanging out in person and doing things yeah getting out of the house getting out and socializing getting out mm-hmm. i haven't done that again not coaching here I haven't done that either, especially with the move, but the the thing I do have is the family living with me. That's my benefit. So when you think about that benefit of uh, getting an effort, because it's effort to get to know someone, it's effort to be mindful, to connect with them as it is for them to connect with you. When you see yourself getting out there, where do you see yourself going? I don't know. Yeah. I don't even like that's not even I don't even get that far like that's the whole thing too is that this is going to get way too deep too fast like this is this is going to be an hour-long session if we really delve into this like, <laughs> I advise that you coach uh your friends as well oh yes what was that we do not advise you to coach friends, so it might be bad if we end up coaching you yeah no <laughs> Um, wait, somebody said, uh, I get it. I have, uh, I've got involved in meetup to find people with similar interests. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the one thing is you can do is you can, and it's fun. Like I enjoy going out into these little group things and just meeting random people. What? I don't want to do that. Uh, well, I, I mean, I used to be very much like I'm all for, I like new experiences and I like to just go out and do them, but I've got this other side of me that has horrible anxiety. So like, it's just, but that's just a matter of getting get it get to do it throughout this conversation i sort of realized that all of my closest friends that i've known for years has been because of a a long extended case of stockholm syndrome because i was forced to be in them around (laughs) the different situations through school or when i was younger going to church and i i guess i wasn't forced to go to church but it felt that way at the time so um yeah, I never, I never went out to try to make friends. It just, I was forced to be around people. So I can see why it would be difficult to try to start fresh with the intention of making friends. Um, and sometimes a lot of people, you know, need to do that too, especially when they move to different cities or, you know. And it's hard to find the in in many ways too. Like a lot of times finding the in can be half the battle. <laughs> with that, I think right now as it stands uh this may be probably i don't know that there's ever been um 
a better opportunity to go out and make new friends than now coming off of this year-long hiatus of being public uh because i think adversity you, really that we be my friend like you be my friend what i can't say i can't say is overcoming adversity really connects people um and we've all had that low-hanging fruit of overcoming that adversity of just kind of being sheltered and uh, again to me it's really not having the freedom to do things that you'd like to do as opposed to really just being inside your house because again some people are comfortable with that but i think really where um the difficulty of doing that is the loss of the ability to have again choice in doing certain things that you may have not uh that you may have enjoyed and i think right well, now we have something that we can connect with for pretty much the entire world um most of us have kind of dealt with the same similar uh, So where would you go? What would you do to meet friends? What, where, oh, where? You know exactly where I'm, I'm going to concerts. I love concerts. concerts yeah. I cannot wait to get back. Amen. But, but they're still not happening. They're still like in like slow. Coming back. I've, yeah. I've got a I know that's what I literally, yeah, I just, that's, a, I was just looking at live music. That was half of my, my online adventuring. <laughs> yep. So uh, will you be going to a haunted event this, this, this Halloween? <laughs> I'm asking strictly for research basis. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely will. Absolutely. I love all of them. So yeah, that's gonna happen. If, I mean, if if obviously things are still looking up around me. Mm -hmm. So I asked a neighbor um, who we've been kind of like kind of friendly with, waving at least um, through this. I go, so we've been talking. I'm we're wondering if you want to come over and get together and for dinner and get to know each other better. Um, but I, you know, how do you feel about that? Oh, in, in July, da, 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 we're having a party. You guys can come over. Like, I just invited you over for dinner to see where that went. And he just not, told me about the July thing. Well. <laughs> it, it's awkward. Yeah. It's awkward. And putting yourself out there is not an easy thing because, you know, uh, we take it personal. <laughs> One of the four agreements, don't take it personal. It has nothing to do with me. The, his response, mm -hmm. it was still a friendly response, even though he skirted past, <laughs> if he would be comfortable coming over for dinner and having us get to know, uh, you know, each other one. Anyway. No, I, it's, uh, yeah. go, go ahead, Drum. <laughs> I was going to say, I think in the space of, uh, since here, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of, um, payback for you giving me some advice when it comes to uh, just really reminding yourself that everyone's kind of selfish. So they're not necessarily, um, you know, really focused on you as much as they are themselves. Yeah. I'd say that when it comes to that level of anxiety when you're out in public and potentially trying to meet new people, um, there are 30 more people behind that one person. So I'd say just again, I don't know. I try not to get too caught up into one particular person. Oh yeah. I feel like there's plenty, plenty of fish out in the sea type deal. Um, and I, I like we're also I, talking about dating too. Yeah, with relationships. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're all. I mean, kind friendships of, are I mean, like relationships. Well, they are. You have to maintain them, and they can be. If your friends can be finicky, whiny. <laughs> Another reason why I'm not very good at having friends. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that's I love the fact that again things are becoming public again because when COVID was kind of warranting we stay inside I'd have like a silly weird conversation out you know at the store or something and I'd think about that for like a month and be like wow I should have said this or did this differently now I can just go out to the store or not to the store but somewhere I think too and kind it's of- also fair like we've probably lost touch with people through this process that were very close with us that probably drained some of our energy and time and the cool thing is you don't have to like hang out with those people you didn't really like again like, <laughs> like you can just sort of let that go <laughs> about having covid or being in quarantine you know there's so many excuses to get out of uncomfortable social social situations yeah there's so many there's outs now <laughs> i love it yeah, um, and get the vaccine i can't go to this you know event <laughs> i'm feeling sick yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh i think we're about out of time though on that note um on that note though uh, uh sue said how are you feeling today i well, we're feeling well oh well I, again i think she, with regards to um how with with opening up the conversation with everybody so I think the, the moral of the story is though is just just know what your boundaries are, know what you want to do, and then just just go out and and do it, and know that it's good for you. Know that socializing is is healthy. It's, it's mental health is. I mean, it's it can be as detrimental to be completely isolated. It can be. It causes depression. It causes uh, people who are lonely have higher rates of inflammation. They have, which can then lead to like uh, cardiac problems. It can lead to a number of other things. And so uh, there's way more statistics on loneliness and, and why it's bad. So get out and socialize because it, the health benefits alone um, are, are your, your immune system will actually increase by virtue of being around other people um uh so it's it's a good thing to get out and be around people again and just be aware one step at a time baby step big step whatever your step is just do it to where you're comfortable and maybe push it a little bit but when it's totally uncomfortable you you've got you can go home (laughs) you can leave (laughs) um i would Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Anthony. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to ask. Um, so, how can coaches? I, I wanted to get back to the the marketing to people. Four minutes. Know. Yeah, we've got four minutes left. That I, that I think though really could be a whole live in itself. Yes, I agree. It could be. And the thing is too, though. But how can they just just get out there and get to think about where your client would be, what they're where, how they are going out, where where is your client? reintegrating and that's where you position yourself yeah in front of them mm-hmm. yeah track them down just the become price. your ideal client stalker yeah. <laughs> talking and speaking about uh brooke was talking about different meetups there's different meetups that you can become speakers at Oh yeah, well, there's Toastmasters, there's Chamber of Commerce, there's, I mean, there's, there's the holistic Chamber of Commerce. There's the, there's tons of like wellness and then also business opportunity that you can get out and and actually do these in person things. Uh, the Sue talks that that Dan just did, um, and that that was in person and virtual. Um, so there is, there's absolutely opportunity. Meetups again. Last I was cruising it for these reasons last night. Like just it was for information. It was to see what was out there. There are there are um, apps, there are all kinds of things where you can sort of start to uh, Facebook alone, Facebook events, 
right there. Um, it's a good place to start. There's the bar so, where there's all types of walks of life. I'm well, the bar is a whole other thing. That's half the battle right there. So you're not. <laughs> oh, it's yeah, a good place to meet. <laughs> so. <laughs> Final thoughts, Anthony? Um, go out there, meet new people, be safe. If you feel anxious about going out, uh, take baby steps. Yeah. Identify what you value about going out, what you value about meeting new people, and then focus on that as your goal rather than just saying meeting people meeting people why you know figure out that why will you know help you to going out more or propel you towards that goal mm -hmm. or well if not why what's the intention or what yeah well just why so yes agreed <laughs> it's it is they are selfish reasons they're selfish reasons that you should be aware of Selfish is a good thing. Selfish is not a bad thing. Mm -mm. Selfish, I need I need to have connection. I know that flourishes me. I I need to find some more of my people. The the cool thing is we have classes and our people are there. <laughs> we find our people there. But there's our people, whoever your people are, uh in all aspects of getting out there, meeting them. And having a conversation, invite them over for dinner, even if they kind of diss you on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, they invited you to dinner too. So it's um, yeah, two months away. <laughs> um, but that's the thing. Being selfish is not a bad thing. It's uh, we would not be alive as a species if we were not selfish. So we would be uh, no more. <laughs> if we were all completely unselfish human beings. So um, being selfish is quite important, uh, of course, within reason, but there's an argument there as well, but we'll leave that as it is. <laughs> um, uh, thank you guys out there for watching and good luck reintegrating into, uh, into society, socializing, meeting people. Um, hopefully you do better at it than I do. <laughs> and um, make sure you check out my cat. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Once again, this is brought to you by Certified Life Coach Institute. We're an ICF accredited school who certifies our life coaches in three-day online intensive courses. In addition to other podcast episodes, feel free to check us out every Tuesday at 4 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time on YouTube or Facebook for our CLCI Lives, where we get together and discuss various topics that are centered around sharpening your skills so you can become a better certified life coach. For more information, feel free to visit us at certifiedlifecoachinstitute.com. Until next time, be well.